0: This week on Show Me Your News, it's a Gamescom episode from Cologne, Germany. Well, we're not there, but we're there in spirit. So we'll be talking about Gamescom, Bioshock Infinite, Scott Pilgrim, New Marvel vs. Capcom 3 characters, Portal 2 release date, Mass Effect 2 on PS3, and much, much more. It's I, Yoko, and the Buzzsaw. Hey, Gaming World, I implore you to... Show Me Your News! Now, coming through
1: your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love.
0: It's Show Me A News! Fans, welcome to Show Me Your News. We are a video gaming podcast that covers the latest in the gaming world, and we're just in your face giving you the latest and all that stuff. We're trying to come up with a catchphrase, I know, that's kind of weak, but we'll, we'll think of something better, <laughs> to be honest. In the
1: future, very near future. Next episode, we promise, we'll have it
0: hammered down. We'll have something really catchy. Um, my name is Yoko. That's and I'm the saw, wh- And he is the buzzsaw. And this week we do not have a guest, because we kind of had a, a late episode last week, we were you know, recording it in the middle of the week, and here we are back on our weekend schedule. Uh, sooner than usual, we usually go every other week, but now we have a week and a half to work on, and there's still a lot of news to cover. Um, So with that, this is episode 68 of the podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be covering Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Bioshock Infinite, GoldenEye's Golden Controller, the PS3 mod chip. There's a game addiction lawsuit that is out there. Um, No games are really out recently, Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about Gran Turismo 5 based off a request from a fan, and then Gamescom happened in Cologne, Germany this week, Uh, and it's actually still going on a little bit because we're recording on a Saturday afternoon. So we'll talk about Marvel's Capcom 3. Characters announced, Portal 2's uh, release date announced, Mass Effect 2 is going to be moving to the PS3, and Ratchet & Clank 4, and then mail time questions and all of that. Um, we would usually talk about a Zero 2D update, but um, we'll save that for next time for the bus off. But instead, um, I'll make a brief mention for those that are in the Michigan area, or even Ohio, or they want to make a trip uh, in around Halloween time for Yomacon 2010, having a big Show Me Your News meetup um, they recently announced new guests on top of, you know, they had Vic Mignogna and uh, Lemon Demon, the Potter Puppet Pals people, but they also announced the Spoony Bards, Brad Swale, Todd Habercorn, and Little Karibo is now confirmed to be at Yomacon this year. So on top of all of the Show Me Your News fans that are going to be meeting up, uh, myself, Sword Hunter, Cyberlink, uh Super TH, Tony TH, Master WGS, we'll have some more that'll be there. So on top of that big Show Me News meetup, you're going to have an awesome time at this convention. So go to Yomacon.com for more information. Just had to give that a little plug there. Um, So aside from that, Buzz, what are you playing?
1: I'm still playing Phoenix Wright. Yep. I was playing that last time, and I'm still working on it. I'm actually bouncing between the uh, first game and the third game. Um, I work on the, the third one, then I get stuck, and I'll go turn around and work on the first one, and then I'll get stuck or board or something and work on the third one. It's not the best way to go about this series since they have a, a linear order, but I don't know. I just It makes it easier that I can change between games. <laughs> uh, but besides that, I've actually been playing the StarCraft 2 single-player campaign. Uh-huh. Because a friend of mine has it, and he graciously lent it to me, so I'm able to work through the campaign. I'm not playing online, I'm not playing... Uh, competitive multiplayer, so don't ask me to swap names anybody, but um, I am getting through the story because I not want to catch up on the story and see what's happened in the campaign. But yep, Phoenix Wright and StarCraft Two, now a little bit of Borderlands, and that's it.
0: <laughs> now for for Phoenix Wright, I, I first when you said Phoenix Wright, it almost sounded like you are trying to do like a male version of a, a lot of heart voice. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of. But but certainly that's an interesting path that you're choosing because you started with two, you started with Justice for All. And and now you're going back and forth between, uh, one and three. Now you're almost near the end of, uh, the first one, Ace Attorney. Yeah. Because you're doing the DL6 case. Yep. And you're in the, the tender lender case for Trials and Tribulations?
1: Y- yeah. Yes. Yes. The tender lender case. That's right. Yeah. I'm on the, I think I'm only on the first court session of that one. So I'm not too far in. So I mean, as long as I go back to work on the first one, I think I can catch up. But, um, yeah, I think it's cool that I'm defending Edgeworth in the first one. Yeah. That's pretty
0: cool. I don't know. I think my favorite part of Trials and Tribulations are the cases after um, the Master Mask and the uh, Tenderlander one. Because the intro case yeah. was, was a good indication of, of things to come. Yeah. To to be brief. I do,
1: I do like Trials and Tribulations. It's very clear, at least to me, that they were experimenting in the first game. It was a new kind of game, and they were trying to find their footing. But... um the second and third one do a much better job of putting the case together. I mean, story is totally subjective. You could say that that people like the stories in the first one, but as far as the cases go and actually solving them, Mm -hmm. the first one, they're pretty easy or kind of illogical to me. Whereas the second and third one, they feel more like they're comfortable with the game, they're comfortable with the style, and they were able to put together more clever testimonies and make you really think about, you know, what evidence you need to present. Mm -hmm. First one, I feel like, they just throw stuff at you and just hope you won't notice the blatant contradiction. And usually it's pretty obvious, so...
0: Yeah, because you were actually kind of disappointed in the uh, the resolution of the the Steel Samurai case in the first game. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it turned out... Well, I don't want to spoil yeah. anything, but just, uh, it just it turned out in a way that, to me, didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it didn't really play out as well as I would have hoped. Hmm. But, you know, if you haven't played Phoenix Wright, go play Phoenix Wright.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I was thinking randomly, like it was probably yesterday or something like that. Maybe you and I eventually need to make like a deal where I'll play Borderlands if you play Pokemon Heart Gold or Soul Silver. We might <laughs> have we, we might have to take each other up on that sometime because oh,
1: gee, pretty epic. I don't have anything against Pokemon. It's just one of those games I've never been exposed to. I had no friends that had it and tried to get me to play it, and I don't know. I just never. Just kind of skirted around Pokemon for some reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe, but at the same time, you've been talking about Borderlands for as as long as it's been out. So, yep. and, and it's one that I'm like, maybe I'll pick up, but I just don't. And well, so, I mean,
1: there's more to it than just the game, though. I like Borderlands because Borderlands is cool, but I also like it because my wife is like way into it, and we mm. play land parties with each other. So it's like, yeah. Well, that that definitely live, helps too.
0: Yeah,
1: I live with another gamer, and I can play it multiplayer.
0: Woo. So. So what have I been... Oh, wait, we've got a question from Cyberlink that says, uh, what are your thoughts on the new DLC announced for Borderlands? I,
1: I think it's hilarious. If you haven't heard about the new DLC for Borderlands, it centers around Claptraps, which are the funny little robots that ride around on one re- wheel. There's a new expansion announced that centers around Claptraps, basically, in e- that are all evil, and you have to like, fight a bunch of these Claptraps and stuff. I'm disappointed that there will not be a level cap increase again, because... Um I hate being maxed out all the time and just only getting loot, but I don't know, it's still fun. Um I'm gonna buy it when it comes out, definitely. Hmm. So
0: Excellent. So I have been recently playing well I kinda have a soft spot in my heart and that's not that soft, but I, I'm always curious to see how <laughs> they uh they try to do game shows or board games and how they try to, you know, make the jump to a to a video game console, and so I tried Trivial Pursuit. It was kind of annoying because the announcer was just terrible, and I had really, really bad luck. I think those that saw me in in Stickham saw me playing that game. Like, I had gotten all my pegs before Sword Hunter, and I was trying to get to the end, and I was just like continually jumping over. The dice roll never fell my way, and I was going like twenty <laughs> turns. Finally, Sword Hunter evens it up. And in like two turns, gets to the end. It was like the biggest stroke of bad luck or like Mario <laughs> Mario Party trying to even it up. Oh, it was, yeah. it was disappointing. So then I also tried The Price is Right. And I, I tried it at uh, my friend Solid Snake uh, 120's house. And you'd think that, you know, for a game like that, all the different examples of like the prizes and, you know, the different games and all that, you'd think they'd be randomized in some fashion. Well, when we played the game, for like the contestants' row and for the uh, the showcases, all that, when we played it at his place on his Wii, it was played in the same exact order that it ended up being on my Wii. It's not a coincidence. It's like the game is scripted, in, in what examples yeah. they give you. And that was. It
1: sounds like they didn't use a uh, a randomized seed. Yeah. Like usually, usually when you generate random numbers in a game the the most common strategy is to look at the clock and use the clock as a seed cuz the clock's changing all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then so this game they didn't use a seed, they used a fixed seed so all your randomness will be the same everywhere.
0: <laughs> there you go. Look at that programming knowledge on Show Me Your News. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> but no the game was just very weak. I'm actually disappointed in Ubisoft for attaching their name to that one and also Family Feud. They have, they you know talk about this like avatar system, and it's just like these bad examples of Miis that are really not that customizable as much as they'd like you to, you know, to say that they're custom customizable. Um, uh,
1: what I, I want to see, I want to see these game show, game show games on Kinect. Because I remember the the ads for that, mm-hmm. where, like they buzz in and they answer the question,
0: right? And right. The
1: Xbox recognizes your answer. I want to see how accurate that is.
0: See stuff like, stuff like stuff like that you, would be cool for Kinect. I'll yeah. give it that. Um, I just
1: fear about its accuracy, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you buzz in, you're like, what is Mount Rushmore? Like, incorrect. The correct answer is, what is Mount Rushmore? You're like, <laughs> 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 "Um,
0: yeah, that, that reminds me of when I was playing Jeopardy one time, and again, on, on Stickham, just for people to see. It was an answer, like, it was a sports answer, and, you know, it was like, basically, like it was a goalie or goaltender sort of thing, and then I put in, like, what is goalie? No, sorry, that's wrong. Um the answer is what is goaltender. And I'm just like ah. But yeah, anyway, I'm also playing Okami for the Wii. I'm starting it. I'm not that far. Honestly, I just got like the first few strokes and I'm like in the big major town. And like I kind of like the art style, but at the same time, it it definitely feels a lot like Zelda. And I'm like Which version are you playing again? I'm playing the Wii version.
1: Okay, I'm I say my friend had troubles with the controls. Are you having any difficulty in combat?
0: Combat is kinda weird. Um I'm not really I haven't really gotten used to the whole like the, the brush stroke for the finisher yet, so I'm just like uh-huh. hacking away as Amy. Um but no, I, I like it so far. I, I wanna continue picking it back up. Um but at the same time I'm I'm just thinking like can I go play Twilight Princess again? Cause yeah. <laughs> it just it just feels like the same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and then I also just before this episode, I was continuing uh not continuing, I continuing just starting another run through of Ocarina of Time just for the hell of it. It's and so great! I'm at, I did that. I'm at Jabu, Jabu ago. Jabu's belly. Yes,
1: boomerang is the best item in the entire series. I don't care what anyone says.
0: Especially in Phantom Hourglass, when you can like lock on to like pick its path.
1: Yeah, he draws path out. Yeah. yeah, so cool.
0: Um, but yeah, that's what we're playing this week. So getting into the headlines now, we mentioned Scott Pilgrim versus the World last week. We mentioned that I was about to go play the game. The uh, little it's a classic beat 'em up sort of style on the PlayStation Network, and I don't think it's on Xbox Live yet. But I mean, I would recommend it if that's your thing. I I really am not that big into like the beat 'em up. And all that because it it feels really repetitive to me, and I know there's a lot of games like you know the TMNT games and even Jackie Chan Adventures for the Game Boy Advance. But I, I'm just <laughs> I'm just not that crazy about the beat 'em ups. But if that's your thing, if that's your game, by all means get it. The soundtrack is fantastic. Um, so I I would really at least at least find the music. If anything else for that game, the music is an excellent blend of rock and chiptune music. Um, as for the movie, I don't think you saw the movie buzz. Am I correct there?
1: Uh, yeah, I have plans to. I have okay. definitely want to. I just I've already spent my movie budget this week.
0: <laughs> okay. Um but yeah, the movie is you know, is a great geek homage sort of thing. Um I think you know being you know told talked about uh film and all that, being taught film techniques and all that. I'm not as crazy on the movie as everyone else is. I still enjoyed it. I you know, thought it, it, the geek references were great. You have the beginning, the universal, da da da, da da da, 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 da boom, boom. That whole fanfare, graphic and audio 8 bit. It's the perfect start to the movie. They have Zelda music cues, they even have a Sonic music cue in there. Um, one, of my, one of the interesting things I found out after the fact when I was like IMDBing it and all that. The uh the X known as Roxy Richter. Don't know if you guys could pick up the on the voice, but if you search for uh, "I'm a little bifurious" on YouTube, that's like her main scene. Um, the it's uh May Whitman, who you may know as Katara on Avatar: The Last Airbender. And watching that scene again, I'm like, it totally is. So I, I found that to be interesting. I mean, the plot apparently in the game is different than the plot in the movie, as if, as far as the ending goes, and the ending in the movie is, is total Hollywood, I mean, you knew it was going to happen, but it's, it's kind of classic in that regard. The visual style for the movie was, I would say that it's innovative, but not, no, I'm sorry, backwards, it's inventive, but it's not innovative, and what I mean by that, like, it was, it's definitely a fresh take on things definitely varies from like the Hollywood norm, but it's not something that's going to that people are going to pick up on and use in every movie. It's going to be something that's exclusively for this movie and I think that makes it unique. Uh absolutely go check it out, but I I just wasn't as, you know, hyped on it as everyone else was because there's like a there's even a scene where um there's like a Seinfeld homage because you know he comes in the door and doom boom boom, and um they they pick up do a laugh track for the entire scene and like I'm not sure if it's that movie's place when they're making all these geek references to comment about the overuse of laugh track in some certain sitcoms I don't know that's just me being really nitpicky I liked the the beginning of that scene but as it dragged on I'm like can we move on a little bit I don't know so yeah that's that's all I really have to say about Scott Pilgrim versus the world I don't know if you have any comments besides I want to see it I want to see it. There you go. Oh,
1: besides that, um, I really want to see it.
0: Oh, fresh take on it, I see. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Bioshock Infinite will be the new game in the Bioshock franchise. Um, Honestly, Buzz and I are kind of ignorant, to say the least, when it comes to Bioshock. It's one of those games for me that it's it's on that long list of games to play. But if you look at the trailer for Bioshock Infinite, it's... It's pre rendered, and so you can't really pass perfect judgment because so many, you know, cutscenes, uh, not cutscenes, trailers that, you know, reveal new games, like Force Unleashed 2. I remember being at E3, and that trailer was playing almost non stop in one of the halls, and it's pre rendered, so it doesn't tell you anything about the game that, like, yep. as far as graphics go, but sure, it looks awesome. They put a lot of time in it, it looks really cool. Same goes with Bioshock Infinite. Uh, you're in Columbia, which is in the sky. You're not underwater in Rapture anymore. Um and I think the big thing with this is that people are excited that Ken Levine, who was the creator of the original Bioshock and wasn't as involved in the sequel, is back manning the helm in this one. This will be out late two thousand eleven. And for those it's it's definitely gonna be another Bioshock game. They're saying it'd be it'd be disingenuous to say that it's not a Bioshock game, so they're they're gonna be coming hard in uh Later next year. Did you get to see the trailer by chance?
1: Uh, no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at all the screenshots and the and the gameplay reports and whatnot, but it's just uh, it's one of those series that you you can't not notice. Like whether you're into Bioshock or not, it's just one of those games that you hear about a lot and mm-hmm. people all <laughs> refer to it. My cousin has it. My cousin's trying to get me to play it. I'm trying to convince him to lend me my his Steam account so I can play it, but we'll see.
0: Well we'll have to when that game comes out we'll hopefully have to have uh more knowledge on the franchise then. Yep. So that that's really cool. It looks great and people are very excited about it and that's that's fantastic. Now this next one is a Nintendo news bit that I, I might actually pounce on. Um Goldeneye is gonna be coming out in November for the Wii. And uh when I got to play it at E3, they said, well, yeah, you can use the Wii Remote Nunchuck, kind of like a Call of Duty sort of style uh, on the Wii. But we, here's a Classic Controller Pro. They're trying to really force the Classic Controller Pro for GoldenEye, and they're even doing so with a, get this, a bundled golden, golden colored, not actually made of solid gold, Classic <laughs> con- Classic Controller Pro. Now, I actually haven't gone out to actually purchase a Classic Controller Pro yet. So I think even though this is going to be a $70 bundle with game and controller, it's going to be something that's pretty unique, and it looks damn cool. I think it's going to be something I'm that's worth... I'm definitely
1: getting it. I don't yeah. know about you, but it'll, I'll be there on day one trying to get my hands on one, because one, I want the controller, and two, I want the game, and my wife wants the game. My wife's a bigger Goldeneye fan than I am, but um, she just went through a, a complete run-through like just like about a month ago, hmm. so... Like the whole time I'd be sitting here coding on my computer, she'd be sitting next to me on her computer, playing the entire game all the way through, and so I kind of got a refresher of course on what's in the game and this one will be cleaned up and it'll look better and
0: multiplayer yes, the multiplayer is indeed pretty cool, and that's- our n
1: sixty four controllers are pretty shot now, uh-huh. I mean they're still functional compared to the ones I have that my cousins look like they've destroyed theirs, but um yeah, it'd be nice to get a new control scheme and a new console version. Like,
0: yay! When, when I got to play it, I played as Oddjob, and oh, yeah. I hatted my friend in the face. It, it <laughs> was it was the only kill I got, but it was it was so it oh, it, yeah. it was so worth it.
1: I'm really bad at these kind of games, but they're fun just because everyone likes to play them. So
0: mm-hmm. now this is this next one's a story that you wanted to discuss about the PS3 being modded. Go ahead.
1: Yep. Um, basically, you'll see... Oh, let me post the link for everyone else to see right here. And it's not pasting. Whatever. Anyway, um, there's reports that the PlayStation 3 has a new mod chip and that it there was a lot of controversy over whether or not it would work. And, wow, my browser just froze. And it just oh. crashed. I, I, anyway. I
0: posted it. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: but anyway, um, so there's this mod chip that came out, and there was a lot of, you know skepticism about whether it would work because the PS3 has gone essentially uncracked for the last three and a half years, however long it's been out and so they got a hold of this supposed mod chip and ran a test on it and it actually does work. So the PS3 for their first time in its history is like genuinely cracked and it's a big deal A, because of how long it took and B, because it now means you know we'll see you know, a lot of PS3 pirating going on um, I don't know how many people have Blu-ray burners. That's still uncommon hardware in itself.
0: And it's just but, ridiculously expensive.
1: Yeah, but it, but the, the, this whole issue brings up the discussion of piracy again. You know, is piracy evil? It, you know, How much damage does it do to the industry? Does it do damage to the industry? Um, we don't know for sure. You can't answer those questions because there's so many unknown variables. But in this particular case, one very telling thing is that, you know, the PS3 was effectively immune to piracy this long, yet... It's the last place in console sales. I'm not saying those are connected, but I'm just saying that obviously stopping piracy does not save you. Like, piracy is not the biggest problem in the games industry. There's a lot of other things, primarily bad games, but...
0: Tell that to Nintendo. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And so, it's... I, I want to see it work. I'm I'm hoping YouTube videos will start showing up of people sticking in burned discs in their PS3 and seeing it work and whatnot, because... Um, it, it was actually news to me because I thought the PS3 was cracked a long time ago. I, yeah. I didn't follow the scene very closely, but I thought it was cracked kind of the same time the Wii was, but it turns out it wasn't. And yeah. so that's why I made it a very attractive platform.
0: For a 360 um, and PS3, it's just much more tedious to actually right. do so. And plus, they kind of like actually ban your online accounts because, you know, you're paying the money. That's, right. that's actually kind of the. the uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but that, that's why you know I don't do it, and that's why I know a lot of people don't, because they don't want to risk that when they're putting their money to an online yeah. service like Xbox Live or PlayStation Network.
1: Yep. it's uh, Sony has been kind of the more pro- proactive one in terms of fighting piracy compared to the other two companies because um, not many of you know this, but if, if any of you are familiar with PS3, when it first came out, it had a built-in option to install Linux or other operating systems on it. Right. Like, Sony actually put that in. That wasn't, like, some hack or anything. They actually allowed that. And then, when they did, when news came out that this hacker, he was actually an iPhone hacker, he came and partially cracked the PS3 and got through some of the defensive systems, uh, Sony turned around and patched the PS3 to remove the Linux option, and that made a lot of customers mad. I mean, the general gaming population generally didn't care, because not many people do that, but there was a lot of... Uh, scientists and other things that use Linux half of it for... They they, they use PS3s for like super servers and stuff. Whatever whatever they want to use them for, for big math calculators. But um, Mm. that made them really mad. But Sony is very defensive against piracy. If they see even a chance of piracy happening, they'll take steps to fight it. And they've had a lot of problems in the past with that in terms of making customers angry. But they take it the most seriously, it seems. But it's cracked now, and uh, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see a lot more Put PS3 piracy in the future. We'll see if that affects console sales. That'd be another interesting thing to see if, now that people can pirate games, if they start buying the console.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yep. Now, from a serious story to a, a, a more humorous one, what about this next one with the, a guy and his game addiction?
1: Yep. This one is uh, is hilarious. I'm pulling the uh, link back up for my... my uh, now, had,
0: had you ever heard of the game Lineage 2? Because I had not.
1: Yes, it's. I've heard of it. I mean, over here we have World of Warcraft and a lot of other games like EVE that are much more popular. Lineage, I believe, is much more popular in Asia. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just a different kind of culture game. But I have heard of it. I've seen it played around here. Um, but what's funny is this: in this article we have here a lawsuit of a player who sued the company who made Lineage 2 because he said they did not adequately warn him how addictive the game was. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's your fault that I lost my life because you didn't tell me how fun your game was and you didn't tell me that I'd be playing it for the rest of my life. From 2003, I think it is? 2004 to 2009. 2004 to 2009, yeah. He played 20,000 hours of this game. Oh my goodness. And now he's suing them because he is supposedly unable to function normally, and unable to, you know, interact with people and do all these things. All these things that you know would happen from sealing yourself off from society, he's suing them for and saying it's their fault.
0: This guy is named uh, Craig Smallwood. He lives in Hawaii. And, yeah, the quote is, he is unable to function independently in usual daily activities such as getting up, getting dressed, bathing, or communicating with family and friends. 20,000 hours? 20... (laughs) Thousand hours.
1: Do you realize how good of, like, say, a piano player you'd be, or you know, whatever else you put those hours into? I mean, I'm one to talk. I play a lot of video games myself, but you know, all things in moderation. You you play games, and that's fine, but go outside once in a while, people. This is a warning to all you listeners. <laughs> games are are great, and we love talking about them, Absolutely. but have have some other talents. <laughs> We'll just say that much. And
0: don't sue people asking for money or time of your life back.
1: Yeah, it's it's your own fault if you regret, you know, doing something regarding games. And if something bad happens, you can make the change. But suing them won't do anything. <laughs>
0: now, of well, course, yeah. you can, you know, you know, listen to show me your news with all your free time. But playing games, oh, yeah, oh so... there, there's a difference there. <laughs> Um, amen, amen. So usually at this point of the show is where we talk about games that are out recently. Now, I think there's like a need for Speed one, not Hot Pursuit, like another one. And there's also Kanan Lynch two, but we don't care about that. So we actually, I actually got a request personally from one Master J Bone Seven to talk about Gran Turismo five. Now I'm not sure if I can go into in depth as you know he wanted me to, but I can you know men, I can. You know, rattle off that the game is going to be coming out on November 2nd in North America and November 3rd, actually, in Europe and Japan as well. Um, It's, you know, it's been in the works for a long, long time and, you know, finally to see it come out, it's going to be the ultimate racing game. I mean, regardless of console, this is, is going to be it. It's going to have World Rally Championship, NASCAR, and Super GT licenses for the first time in the the game's history. It was also recently announced that they will have a uh, track customization feature as well as kart racing. So it's almost like they're taking you know, the whole mod nation racers thing where you could like build your own track and race around karts yeah one up like times 10 in uh Grand Turismo 5. Um so 10 up. Yeah, 10 up. I mean they're doing, you know, big <laughs> bundles um so if you don't watch as a game like most games you know now if they're big AAA A releases will do special edition bundles but you'll get like a model car and game and and much much more. Um aside from that, I I can also talk about my experience with uh Grand Turismo 5. The main thing that caught my eye is that it has the Top Gear test track. And if you haven't seen Top Gear on BBC or BBC America or wherever you see it, Top Gear is fantastic even if you don't like cars. They're 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 all about fun and and they do throw a little bit of car in there. But um they have the top gear test track in Gran Turismo 5. So you can basically first person be like the Stig, which is amazing. So my experience with Gran Turismo 5 at um at E3 was you know, I was waiting in line because I wanted to try it in 3D. I mean it was it was is it was there, it was not so busy, but it was something I wanted to try and especially for I wanted to do the top gear test track. I I wanted to give that a try. So when I was in line someone was you know, actually playing through the whole Top Gear Chess track, so I got to see, you know, kind of like over-the-shoulder thing. It looks really, really nice. Um, but the problem was when I got to, it was my turn to play, I got a different station than this person did. And they, by, by station, I mean they had these, you know, big, um, like the first-person driving simulators, where you, like, actually sit in a chair you got the wheel with kind of like a you know, D-pad and buttons on the, the main part of the wheel. But you got the wheel, you got the gas pedal, you got your brakes, and it's a rumble feature. So like you're when you're crashing, you're feeling the rumbles. So it's this big thing and, you know, big TV, and you put on the – it's those glasses, the 3D glass. glasses. Um, so you put on those, and then I, you know, I pick a Ferrari Enzo, and I go to the Top Gear test track. And I accelerate down like the first curve. And when I go into the first curve, the game crashes. And it goes back to the main <laughs> menu. And I'm like, oh. Well, the, the, that bit of it was kind of cool. Maybe let, let's try a different car. And so I picked a Lamborghini Gallardo. And go down that that stretch. And the first curve, it crashes again. And so I had to pick a different track. And... And then I it was just... I was terrible. I, I was honestly so bad. Racing games are like... They're they are fun and they're enjoyable. But I personally... And I know a lot of people who are as well. They're just not good at racing games. It, it's so difficult too. Um, But yeah, I, I struggled mightily with Gran Turismo. And I was crashing all over the place. Mostly because when you... Let's see. If you don't know how to drift... And all that like make the the sharp turns in the real world, especially on one of these kind of racing simulators, you're not gonna be able to pull it off in a video game that was that was kind of kind of my problem. It was like I was going into this sharp curve and I was like trying to like break and drift and all that, and it's just right into the wall. <laughs> it was bad, but, but the uh crash looked good yeah, oh, absolutely it was. 1080p and in 3D <laughs> and all that. It made Your me. Your
1: failure and glorious HD.
0: It made me feel like I was dying in an actual car accident, if that's what you want me to say. But, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now, Gran Turismo 5 is going to be the it game for the PS3. Did you know that the original Gran Turismo is the all time selling leader as far as video game sales for the original PlayStation? I would have had no idea. I would have said like Final Fantasy Seven, Metal Gear Solid, it's the original Grand Turismo.
1: I find that hard to believe. I j I can't get over that now that you've said it. I'm like, wait a second.
0: I don't know. I mean I've Racing
1: been, games? Ra- racing games were beating out like full fledged like adventure games and platformers.
0: I don't know. I mean I I tried looking at a couple sources for that fact and I'm pretty sure that's true, but not let, while, on that, while on I'm that while I'm at Wikipedia Let's let's look. I, I honestly had no idea because, like, it is you know that high selling. I'm not going to be able to find this in time, honestly. Um, but so I mean, that's but one of the things I've been reading is that Gran Turismo is is ridiculously high selling for the original PlayStation. And who would who would have guessed? Um. But that's all I really have to say about it. Hopefully, that was. Enough uh to sat- satiate your appetite, Master J Bone seven. seven. excuse me. Uh, but now let's get to the biggins. Gamescom was this weekend in Cologne, Germany, or if you're gonna pronounce it um if you're gonna pronounce it in German, Kern. Oh, yeah, no. that's 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 how you do it. It's
1: Gamescom? Or Gamescom?
0: Yeah, Gamescom. I, I don't know yeah. why, why do you even call it Gamescom? What what does the com stand for?
1: I'm not sure. But um Gamescom is fairly new. Uh, I looked at the Wikipedia entry and it started last year, which is why I had never heard of it. But one thing I wanted to mention from our previous discussions um, is that Gamescom is a great sign. I mean, it's it's a sign that like the gaming culture is like spreading further over the world because it didn't really occur to me before, but now the more you think about it, we have like E3, Game Developers Conference, uh the Tokyo Game Show, and we have a couple of the little ones. I mean, there's there's packs and some other ones here and there. Mm-hmm. But that you know, that's Japan and America, and that's about it. Right. It didn't even occur to me that you know we don't have any big shows in say South America or Europe or anything else. Gamescom takes place in Europe. Now they have their thing, and and when Gamescom happened, a lot of the big names showed up, and you know they had Nintendo, they had Sony, and I think Microsoft went. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, even Blizzard showed up because Blizzard has their own BlizzCon here in America, but right. they don't have one in Europe, so they decided to attend Gamescom as a, as a replacement. You know, this is a big deal, and mm. it's really cool that, you know, video games are getting this kind of limelight now in the world. So, just something to, so just, just, just some food for thought, I guess.
0: Yeah, they did have the Leipzig game convention. That was, you know, during the Brawl days, and we were wondering, will it, will it be at Leipzig? But yeah, this, this Gamescom is the E3 equivalent in Europe, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, Let's see. I think it's Psycho Wing who is trying to verify um, my claim for Gran Turismo. And look at that! Worldwide, Gran Turismo on the PlayStation has sold 10.85 million copies. Final Fantasy VII is in second with 9.72 million. And uh. it's Gran Turismo 2, Final Fantasy VIII, Crash Bandicoot 2, Crash Bandicoot 3, Tekken 3. Crash Bandicoot, Driver, Resident Evil 2. Metal Gear Solid is the number 11 selling worldwide. Go figure. End world. <laughs> but anyway, um, Gamescom. So this is you're not going to hear about all these new games, but except you may have a couple exceptions. So here's the first news tidbit that we could pull out from Gamescom. Granted, it is still going on technically. Um, the first one we could pull out was that Marvel vs. Capcom 3, where I'm, I'm definitely excited about this game. I know a lot of fans who are really hyped about the game, but they finally confirmed Beautiful Joe and Dormammu as playable characters. Um, this isn't the biggest reveal in the world, to be honest, but it's it's one that it's good to get out of the way. We saw Beautiful Joe in a silhouette in a previous trailer, and Dormammu, There has been questions about is he going to be a final boss, is he going to be a pl- playable character. So, it's good to get it out of the way that he's going to be a character. Um, CyberLink, Beautiful
1: Joe is one of those games on my list of shame. Yes,
0: it's, it's on my list of shame, and it's even more on my list of shame because I have the PlayStation 2 version sitting over. No. <laughs> you have it there. I have it there, and I, have have there and, <laughs> and I, I know. No excuses. Um, but, you know, Cyberlink420 wrote a really, really long, um, you know, sort of post, and I, hopefully he'll post it in the show notes. Uh, what he wrote up because it's it's fantastic, but I'll I'll try to, you know, get a basically cliff notes version here, um, not long comprehensive. He says it's yes, it's both long and comprehensive. Uh, Dormammu is apparently from the Doctor Strange uh, series of Marvel comics, so if you're not a big comic fan, you may not know who he is. Basically, if I'm trying to describe it to you, he's he's like a firehead. He's got like he's got solid armor, but like. He fights with fire and all that. Um, oh, that Dormammu. Yeah. Ah, okay. That dude. I,
1: I knew I recognized the name, but I couldn't remember who it was.
0: I was <laughs> so like, Dormammu. I'm like, what the crap? Um, no, this I... is Dormammu's first, first appearance in a Versus title, and he looks to be the co- tallest character in the game thus far, perhaps even more than Hulk. Um, yeah, While well, oh, his floating bomb super involves throwing a large fireball for multiple hits, not unlike Ryu Shinku and Metsu Hadouken in Street Fighter IV, his Chaotic Flame Super functions more like its Versus series counterpart, releasing a continuous stream of flame at his opponents. Um, let's see. Interesting. His debut trailer also confirms there will be some character-specific dialogue between matches, as he specifically calls out Dante as Demon Hunter, adding one of those subtle nice touches we all love from Capcom. Excellent. Um, beautiful Joe. One of the biggest changes that you could notice from the trailer automatically was that his, uh, oh, his six-cannon super which in Tatsunoko vs. Capcom took a long time to release, so it could easily be interrupted, but it, it dealt a lot of damage. Um, this one fires immediately. His shocking pink bombs can actually be kicked and you know punched towards the opponent, which they were just stagnant in Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. Um, Joe is fast in this game. He has a different voice actor, which people aren't too thrilled, of, thrilled about. Um, D. Bradley Baker was the one who had voiced his game in the games, and also, you know, in the other games before. Who also has done work as Appa and Momo in Avatar and Klaus in American Dad. But um, yeah, people aren't too happy with his new voice, apparently. I mean, that's what people are, are judging off based on this trailer. So, beautiful Joe and Dormammu. Um, we still have Spider-Man to be confirmed. A Silver Surfer is another one that's been heavily hinted at being confirmed for Marvel. Um, and, you know, we, we see, uh, interviews with Frank Thierry, the writer, who's, you know, probably hinting that, you know, M. Bison and Albert Wesker from, uh, you know, Street Fighter and Resident Evil, respectively, are likely confirmed as playable characters for Capcom. Frank West is another one that's got to be confirmed. So there are still characters that we know are likely going to be playable, but we just need to get them out of the way. We're still waiting for those big surprises like Amaterasu and Thor and those kind of characters. So... Excitement there. Uh, Portal 2 also announced that it's due out in February. On February 9th, 2011, the day after my birthday. Yay.
1: Three days after my birthday.
0: That's true. Woo. We do have some. How cool is that?
1: It's show me your birthday month. It's excellent.
0: Show me your birthday. <laughs> um,
1: I'm ex- I'm stoked for Portal 2. Um, if you do, if, you, if any of you have not played Portal 1... Shame on you! Have you played Portal One, Yoko?
0: I started it and I got frustrated, but I think I need to. Re- no, I, I think I need like to. A, I need to revisit it.
1: it. It's like a ten-hour game. You can finish it. It's
0: less than um, that. I've seen people. I've, I sort of went through it in like two hours once.
1: Oh, oh yeah. If if you've played it before and you know what to do, yeah, it's it's really short. But just it's generally about a ten-hour game if you're grinding, you know, for the first time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's great story, great puzzle solving, and just great balance of everything, and yet it's all nicely packaged into this really small game. Uh, like, more people need to look to Valve for how they build their games.
0: Hmm. Um, and there are, there are new changes in Portal 2, right?
1: Yes. In um, the trailers, that we, which we've seen previously, they're adding just all kinds of new mechanics. They're adding lasers with transparent cubes to redirect the lasers. They're adding these vacuum tubes. They're adding the... Uh, what's it called? The, the physics goo. There's like this, this, this liquid stuff that one makes you run faster, one makes you jump higher, and stuff. And you have to use your portals to move that stuff around and get them in the right position. And it's just crazy. In fact, as it stands right now, when I watch the trailers, I'm actually kind of overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my goodness, how do you solve that? And I'm sure it'll be a little more down to earth when we actually play it. And but. doesn't
0: doesn't have co-op as well?
1: Yes, that I'm looking forward to that too. as as well. Um, I don't my understanding is that the game in co op is slightly different than mm-hmm. the game in single player. I'd imagine it almost if have wrong. to be. But that partially disappoints me. I kinda wanted a a setup where it's like you can do it yourself, but then there's different ways to solve it with co op, but then again, I don't mind custom co op puzzles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it'll be fun. I'm very, very excited for this.
0: Well, I'm glad you can give us our portal two fix because that's another one that I need to actually get through and be somewhat knowledgeable about before February hits. Now, in January, a Xbox exclusive is going to be making its way to PS3. and to be honest, people aren't too happy about it. I know I'm not too thrilled. Basically, we're talking about Mass Effect 2, which is which came out this past January. Um, you know, one of the um, critically, most critically acclaimed games for the Xbox 360. Um, is going to be going to PS3 in January. Um, kind of kind of a big move. I mean, it is also on PC, but when you're talking about Microsoft, that's that's no big surprise well, there.
1: My, under- my understanding is that uh, BioWare or it's either BioWare or EA, I don't know which, but one of them had a deal with Microsoft to keep Mass Effect Microsoft exclusive, mm-hmm. and that included Windows and Xbox. Because out of the blue, um, for those of you who might remember, when OnLive came out, oh, it's so hard to pronounce, I hate that name, <laughs> OnLive, on Live, the online gaming service, when that came out, one of the biggest features they boasted was, OnLive, you can play games on Mac or on PC, it doesn't matter, you can play them online anywhere, and um, out of the blue, you couldn't play Mass Effect 2 on Mac just because, mm-hmm. not because of technical issues, but just because this little window pops up saying, I'm sorry, Mass Effect 2 is not available on Mac, on Live. we hope to change this in the future, and we will no longer license games in this manner. And so they had a deal going for a while that said Mass Effect is a Microsoft exclusive. And it seems like that contract is either expiring or changing. Now that's moving to PS3, Hmm. they'll probably be available on Mac, on OnLive as well. So um, yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see the details of that contract and what it entailed. Because they had some sort of deal going on.
0: Absolutely. Because one of the keys of Mass Effect 2 is that it's a sequel to the original Mass Effect. And as such... You could take your Mass Effect save file and carry over your character, and it would take all the decisions you made in the original Mass Effect and carry that over. Well, you don't get this in Mass Effect 2 on the PS3 when you don't have the original. Unless they're yep. going to do some sort of thing where we have a Blu-ray disc so we can fit both games on there. Unless they do that, a lot of, well, a lot of the I mean, you know, greatness of Mass Effect 2 is lost when you're lo- losing all these references and you haven't played the series before. It's it stands up fine on its own. It's just not great on its yeah. own when you don't have when you haven't played the original. And that's I think what I people are. I wonder if there's a way it. to
1: move your save files though. I mean, there's probably a difference between say like the PC version and the Xbox version, but mm-hmm. the save file could theoretically be generic enough to where if you could get it to your PS3, it would work. I don't know if they put that feature in or not to the to the PS3 version. We'll have to wait and see, but. It is possible. They could still allow it despite it being on the wrong platform.
0: Right. Yeah, I I would really doubt it though. I, it's it's an interesting move. You know, it had been rumored for a long time. It was always one of those things like will it go multi uh, multi-console? <sighs> I mean, and it's it's finally making that move next year. Um we'll see when Mass Effect 3 goes down because some people are thinking that that might become, you know, next January as well. But yep. we'll, we'll definitely see indeed. Um so, also, this is one of the new games that had been actually announced. And one of the like, few new game announcements at uh, Gamescom. Insomniac had been, you know, there had been rumors going around where uh, they were going to be working on a new game. And Insomniac is well known for Ratchet and Clank. And here comes Ratchet and Clank All for yeah. One. is a PlayStation 3 action adventure that rewards cooperation, but also encourages grieving your teammates. It almost sounds like new Super Mario Brothers. You have co-op, but... You can kind of screw them over, if you will.
1: Well, and this is a kind of going on just a brief tangent. This is one of the reasons we're going to be watching Gamescom every year, is that, you know, what we're used to is if a game misses E3, that's tough luck. You got to wait till next E3 for that game to be announced or to be revealed or whatever. Now that we have Gamescom, we're going to see games like this that pop out that they didn't make it for E3, but then they turn around and oh look, there's new games at Gamescom. We watch this now, so. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be watching each other every year as these game conventions come and go. So, it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, um, so it's going to be in 3D because, you know, PS3 is going to be pushing that. Um, this article here talks about a couple of new features like the vacuum. Each player is equipped with a vacuuming gadget that could suck up a partner and launch him across gaps. There's the Boltergeist, an enemy creature that players can pass back and forth, launching it at unpowered machines to switch them on. So that's definitely the cooperative play, but it can definitely be used for nefarious purposes as well.
1: Yep, and people are pointing out in the comments the exact exact same games I was going to cite is Four Swords and New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Same exact scenario. You can pick up your friends, you can huck them into holes and make them angry, and I know I've done that, and I've turned a lot of friends against me, but that's just how the game goes. (laughs) Because it's like... At, at what, where's the where's the balance point to where you make it so you can interact with each other so it's fun to interact but not so much to the point where you can totally ruin each other's day. I mean, because if you can't touch each other at all, then it's kind of boring and it's not like you're playing the same game. But if you can mess with each other too much, then you get these griefing situations and whatnot. So
0: apparently, um. I made a pun where since the villain is apparently named Doctor Nefarious. Oh. <laughs> Who knew? See, uh, Ratchet & Clank, again, also in my stack of games. Need to play it, <laughs> <laughs> but, to in, play. but the original is in my stack of games. Um, sure. And Tony wants me to... Tony's like the, the big Ratchet & Clank fan wanting us to mention this. He also says, can you state the comics are coming out in September to connect Kraken Time to this game? So who knew that this had comics? I did not. But apparently, fans did, and in September, um, this will be out. I believe in 2011 as well, uh, in the fall of 2011, on the PlayStation 3. So, way to go, Ratchet and Clank people! You got some new news from Gamescom. <laughs> um, aside from that, it's it's really neat that you know Europe gets this E3 kind of deal, and um, that's that's very exciting for them. I'm I'm glad that, especially in, in Germany, because. I'm kind of partial to Germany. What can I say? Um, Racist. (laughs) Not racist at all. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, So let's get into some mail time questions. We just got a letter. 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 wonder who it's from. So the first one comes from the Dubaga, and I just realized when I'm looking at these questions, I did not think these over. So this is going to be a lot of impromptu answers. Yes. We honestly made this outline like last night, so bear I with us. Reveal like... our secrets? No. Oh no. Shh. Um, <laughs> the Debaga asks: Over the years, in the realm of gaming, there have been tons of common enemies found in games. Things like Goombas. Heartless, Kremlings, etc. In any game, there's always that one type of enemy that you always hate coming across because they're annoying or a large hassle to kill. For example, the Greeps from Subspace Emissary or a large body from Kingdom Hearts. What are some of your most memorably unfavorite enemies to encounter in games? Um oh, man. <laughs> Sword SwordHunter says in the chat, Bronzor in Pokemon. That's a good one. That is a good one. But <laughs> I'm going to go Zelda on you. I'm going to say Keese. Keys are so tiny and so annoying. I have a big problem with keys that I actually curse them out when I come across them. It's bad. Really? It's bad. I was
1: going to mention the uh um I don't remember their names, but the knights in Zelda 2, the ones oh, that basically block your attacks and stuff. The
0: Darknuts or
1: are they called dark nuts in Zelda 2? Stalfos?
0: Oh, Zelda 2, sorry.
1: No, yeah, this is the side scroller one for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Um if you're in a dungeon, if you're if if there's a low ceiling, they're very difficult to kill cuz if if you have no ceiling or at least a little bit of room on the ceiling, you can do a jump attack which circumvents their shield. Mm-hmm. But if you're in one of those little tight areas, you have to do the whole attack high, attack low, attack low, attack high, attack, you know, hopefully dodging their shield cuz they block your attacks and they're really hard to kill. And to me, those are the ones that stick out in my mind Are the ones that just give me nightmares of, mm-hmm. oh, I finally killed one, then I have to turn on oh, there's another one, and I have to kill him. And,
0: and Yeah, uh, Reb Rebnave in the chat is also uh, pointing out Chozo Ghosts from Metroid Prime.
1: Oh, they're not so bad once you get the, uh, the x-ray visor. The- but, yeah, the, when, until when you don't have the x-ray visor, they're a nightmare.
0: See, I wouldn't put them as high on the list because after a certain point, you can just run from them. As long as they don't lock you in the room, you can just run. And you can say, like, yeah, F you as, you know, yeah, you run past true. them. But, like, you don't have to face them. That's true. And they do keep I showing know. up, but let's, it's kind of, I guess, their annoyance. But when you don't have to actually fight them, I don't know. Uh, Zero Ranma is up next and says, If you could somehow include yourself in any video game, which ones would you be in and how would you be in it? As a hero, villain, etc. Now, does... I'm curious to this question, because he's in the stick ham chat. Does this have to be a video game that already exists? Or can we, like, kind of create our own video game idea and put us in it? I'm not sure.
1: Say, I, I would put myself into the existing video games. I know when I was a kid, I wanted so badly to be in Mortal Kombat. Really? I don't see why. But I wanted myself to be a fighter. One of the mm-hmm. guys in there. But more recently, because I've been tainted by Phoenix Wright, I would totally be, like, a... Rock on prosecutor that Excellent. just like makes Phoenix Wright cry.
0: Well there it's except there is already one rock on prosecutor and he shreds I'd an be, air he shreds an air guitar.
1: I would be awesomer.
0: Okay. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> um if you were in Mortal Kombat, what would your fatality be?
1: Oh God, I don't remember. I again, I did this when I was a kid, and I didn't think all my moves through.
0: Would you actually employ a buzz saw to your techniques? Like yeah, Wr- Wr- t- t- today,
1: given my persona, yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably be cl- closest to Kung Lao because Kung Lao has his cutting hats, which kind of resemble buzz saws in a sense. And mm-hmm. I'd probably bust out my saw and chop them all up and give it the M rating it deserves.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I would. To- if it was okay, if it was in an actually existing game. Um probably Metal Gear. because like I would never be able to do any of that stuff in real life, like all the stealth, whatever, but I think it'd be really cool to actually do something like that. Any of the metal gears, whatever. But if you I was gonna actually make a good MPC. Yeah, right. <laughs> um the guy you just talked
1: to for quests.
0: <laughs> if there were only quests in MGS. Um, <laughs> but I, I would totally be I would totally be a Pokemon trainer. Like Let's be real, if you've played Pokemon extensively, you want to be a trainer, and I would, <laughs> I would totally be in the game where they finally port it to a 3D console, where they actually take the DS adventures and put it into 3D. That's, that's just the, the Pokemon fan in me, and I think anyone who has played those games extensively would be inclined to agree with me. Um, here's an interesting last question. From Mop Top Eleven. Mop Top shall be starting high school on the thirtieth. And we also know some other fans who are going to be starting high school as well as, you know, September hits. Buzz, do we have any advice as we've been removed from high school and almost both of us college?
1: Um it's it's for me it was so long ago. I'm just trying to think what would be good advice. But the only thing that comes to my mind is just be yourself. Like there's really nothing you need to change to enter high school, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just just have have fun with it. You'll you'll meet a lot of great people, and you'll um, there's a lot of good times to be had in high school. But I don't know. I don't have anything really specific. I can I can remember because it, it was so terrifying for me. It Do was, your homework, I guess. <laughs> it was
0: terrifying. Why was it terrifying for you? Not like I'm trying to dig up old wounds or whatever. Oh no
1: no. Well, just like for me, it was homework. I I loved hanging with friends and just you know the the casual social thing, but just I just I suck at academia I I don't I'm not disciplined I don't do my homework and I like to slack off and play games and do whatever and
0: me too um, me too it's just me um I would say as far as academics go I'd say learn study habits because I guess like Buzz I did not have study habits high school was way too easy for me like I was a 4.0 student and that's kind of why I went to Michigan. So, I just like breezed through high school and never had to study and that kind of bit me in the ass as I did engineering stuff because I just didn't have study habits. I think if you can learn anything in high school, like study habits will help you prepare best for college. But socially, um you know, be yourself, don't try to be someone you're not. Um get involved with groups that, you know, make the most sense. If you're athletic at all, try to go out for the team, even if it's just intramurals. Um, intramurals yep. are a lot of fun. Do they have intramurals in high school? God, I can't even remember. They have- well,
1: I w- I would second that. You, that you really should get involved in something. Yeah. Like for for me, it was marching band. Yes, right. I was a band yes, geek yes. and I love I love being a band Excellent. geek. But for me, it was marching band. It gave me something to do after school. It let me meet a lot of people. And in my case, it was a win-win because in band, um, you had to attend like, like outside concerts to get more credit. You you had, you had to um, you know perform to get to get uh, your grade, but you also had to go attend other concerts and do write-ups on them. And by taking marching band, it was like that took care of it. That counted for those points and for extra credit. So it was really cool. But yeah, find something extra to do. Find some extracurricular group to hang out with and and to do something outside of school because you don't want to be doing just the academics all day
0: make as many friends as possible if you can too and, and like that that kind of goes with along with you know joining a group that you know because when you're especially when you're in marching band like you make mm-hmm. so many friends because like you're you become one big family but yep. like whatever group you're gonna join you're gonna meet you know a lot of cool people and you know as whether it's you know as far as relationships go have fun with that um high school is a lot of fun. I mean, you hear so many horror stories, but honestly, high school is infinitely better than middle school. Yeah. Middle school, you just like see the, it's the same small group of people for a while. High school is much bigger and overall the people are more mature. You do have a lot of immaturity there, but uh, if you find the right group of people, it's, it's a lot of fun and it, it's just as long as it prepares you well for college, you know? Yep. So There's
1: 4 your options because colleges starts to get more restrictive.
0: This is true. This is definitely true. Um what's some of the other people's recommendations? Uh Cyberlink says don't use the first floor bathroom. Trust me. Yes, because <laughs> everyone does. If you can, use the upper floors.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Um uh, Stickham is keeping on jumping. Um but yeah. Have a lot of fun with high school. It's not anything to fear. you don't have to really worry about you know seniors you know pushing you into lockers and whatever that's I think that's all just stuff for that the media likes to try to portray it, that it high really school is. is i
1: i i I watched these movies and you'll see all these movies of these big punks that will you know will do all the kind of stuff that Yoko described. I had never saw that once in all of high school. Mm-hmm. no throwing someone to a trash can no four guys going in and ganging up on you in the toilet or, you know, anything like that. It's totally, totally fake. I I mean, you
0: will have the people who, you know, they'll do drugs or they'll be promiscuous and all that. But I know that there were people like that in my high school, but I just never had to deal with them. If you're you're just not part of that social circle, they won't bother you. You'll be fine. It's like they don't even exist. So I don't even think you have to worry about anything like that yes show me news is saying say no to drugs
1: say no to drugs
0: because <laughs> we're family friendly and all that <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. but uh high school i have i have fond memories from high school it's not that like oh i miss it so much but like it was they're, they're good experiences yeah. learn from that learn from it and they're, they're it, it's up-
1: half and half, you know. There's things I'm like, oh, I totally wish I could go back and do that again. But there's other parts like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I like where I'm at. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's it's good to grow up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if we have anything else to cover because we have only had one and a half weeks of news to uh, actually, yep. you know, cover. So it's been a little bit of a short-term schedule. Do you want to talk about affiliates?
1: Yeah, I was just about to say. We'll look forward to some changes on the website soon. Um, I started the work on it last night, and we're going to try and get some changes to the site so it's more of a a broader network and more open to people joining our forum and stuff. So, look forward to that.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah, we'll be sending out details. Can I say, you know, 02D, uh, Middle Ground, Sonic F. Uh, We'll probably make a thread, like, you know, if you want to volunteer, you know, spreading the Show News word. And all that. Um we'll we'll try to make some sort of connections for you guys. Um other than that, I think we're pretty good as far as news goes. Oh, well maybe you got nah. We'll we'll stay here for another time. We we definitely have more things to talk about as uh as time goes along. Oh, the Easter egg. Oh right, right. We'll mention this briefly actually, because Sakurai was talking about the Nintendo three D S. And apparently in Nintendo Power, like Nintendo Power is still relevant this day and age, uh, um, he made a particular quote on page 29, was it? A certain three-letter phrase that is all fond to our hearts. Cyberlink says he'll get the full quote. Or psycho whatever. Go and paste in the chat. I think you all remember it It involves a certain Earthbound character and three letters that <sighs> involved uh, their, their inclusion. Um, waiting for the the copy and paste it's been a lot of fun working with the three d visuals and the nintendo three d s hardware i'm assuming that there's more to this quote um and yeah just trying to stop time here we go up until now when developers have compared game systems blah 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 up until now. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, they, they
1: really struggle with that phrase and when to use it and when not to use it.
0: And it was, the Japanese version was imamade? Yeah, those yeah. words. I, I almost,
1: Panda, Panda clarified it for us. He's just like it can only have one meaning, and then they come around and they lie to us.
0: I'm happy with Ness being in brawl now that like it's all good and all, but they they lied. I know I know Reggie lied, you know, that it'll be out December third. But <laughs> but soccer? Grade.
1: Not <laughs> oh, man. Up
0: until now. And up until now, we've been recording a podcast episode, but now it's unfortunately time to go. Yeah. Um so I don't think we have an it's your turn this week. It's okay. that's okay because it'll give me the perfect opportunity to say Go record something, anything that's you know gaming related. It can be review, it can be whatever you want to gaming-wise. But go find it in the general SMYN section of the forums or email us at smynshow at gmail.com and we'll put your It's Your Turn on the show. Um, but aside from that, we don't have one this week, so we'll eventually get to a Yoko Maki Easter Egg. But with that, I am Yoko...
1: And I am the Buzzsaw.
0: And we are out for this week. See ya. News. So for this week's Yoko Maki time, I want to talk about E3. Now, I've shared a lot of stories about E3 and my experiences there, but I never told this one, except for maybe Sortie or for a couple others. And so I get to tell you about the time where I hardly got to sleep and eat my first night in Los Angeles. So my flight out to tell you it was when I left home it was during the Microsoft Press Conference. So I only saw half of the conference live. It was up to about, you know, the Halo Elite, Halo Reach part of the show. And so then I had to leave. It's about a forty five minute hour drive down to the airport and I waited there for, you know, a few hours. I got there way too early, if I recall correctly. Yeah, just way too early. So I didn't really have anything to eat because I didn't want to have to like go to the bathroom on the plane or whatever. And I knew that I was going to be waiting till about um, 11, you know, 11:11:30 for my friend to get in. We'd be getting a cab, and this would actually be 11:11:30 um, Pacific time. So technically, I'd be waiting till up about you know 2:00 a.m. Um, Eastern time for my friend, and then we'd be getting, getting a cab and uh, you know going to the hotel and all that. So I thought I could do this, you know, and I, I thought, you know, when I get in L.A. at the airport, they'll have food. It'll be fine. No worries. Um, Yeah, I didn't realize that, you know, when I didn't eat dinner and I I was fine on the plane and when I landed, I didn't realize that when you have to pick up your bags, they don't let you back into the airport where all the food court stuff is. This is kind of problematic because when I went and actually picked up my bags, there was all all it was was the bag drop off, some benches, bathrooms, fortunately. And then LAX, if you've never been there, Los Angeles International Airport is huge and it's just like massive terminals and but there's like there's no food anywhere in sight. I thought I'd, you know, would at least be able to access the food, you know, places in the airport, but no. So there I am in LAX with my suitcase, starving, and I'm thinking like, well, at least the bathroom has water. I can, you know, go get some water, like slurp it up in my hands. I go in the bathroom, the water is scalding. It is probably like the hottest water I've ever expected to come out of a bathroom sink, and it's just one of those push down ones. So there's like really no need to control like hot or cold. It's the hottest water I've ever felt coming out of a bathroom tap water. So I can't drink that. I'm sitting here on a bench and I had expected to play Phoenix Wright on a Sword Hunter's netbook that he was kind enough to lend me, but the computer wasn't fast enough, so the emulator was lagging the game. So I'm sitting here, I'm listening to Pardon the Interruption. Some show me your news. I'm going to be honest. I listened to episode 35, the the great, great episode with all the, the mail time, Super Extended Mail Time Live, and a ton of solitaire. So I'm sitting there for hours, hours. I felt homeless. And I know pandas told a homeless story for Japan to time, but that was my closest to feeling homeless because I didn't have anywhere to get food. Water was a very painful option. And I'm sitting there with in you know on a bench at an airport, looking outside at the terminals and, you know, just waiting. And so my friend finally comes in at about 11.30 Pacific time. And I had gotten up at 5.30 a.m. Eastern time because I wasn't sleeping that well that night before. I had gotten maybe five, six hours of sleep. Got up at 5.30 a.m. Eastern, so 2.30 a.m. Pacific. Let's keep that in mind. And so my friend comes in and, you know, it takes a while to, like, all the bags get processed We get in a van with like multiple people. It's one of those, it's like a big sort of, not like a limo van, but just like a long, long van where they cram all these people in. I unfortunately get stuck next to the really fat guy who reeked of weed and body odor. That wasn't pleasant after that long wait. So we get to our hotel finally. It's a really nice hotel. It's like the downtown Marriott, beautiful place. And we're thinking, yeah, we're gonna get a night's sleep. We're gonna go see Nintendo in the morning, at the press conference. <laughs> and we get to the hotel. This, you know, the hotel had been technically reserved a few months in advance. Yeah, except when we get up to the counter, the hotel is full. The travel agent, who my friend had put the the uh, hotel reservation through, had only done so either that day or the day before and there were no open rooms in our hotel that we had reserved. It was 1 o'clock in the morning Pacific Time when we found this out. And they gave us free hotel vouchers for another hotel that had just recently closed. It was a 25-minute drive by taxi. They gave us taxi vouchers for to and from that hotel. So when we get there to that other hotel, it's about 2 a.m. in the morning. Finally, I can get something to drink slash eat. I get, get like a Gatorade from, you know, that other hotel's lobby. So it was just mind-blowing. Oh, and to cap it all off, what I got was a Gatorade a 2 a Fruit Punch. If you ever tried the G2 Fruit Punch? If you ever tried Gatorade Fruit Punch, you know it's it's pretty a pretty good flavor, right? Well, the G2 Fruit Punch is literally... ...cough syrup. That's all it is. So, my only option... ...after not eating or drinking much... ...but scalding water since 1 p.m. Eastern Time... ...was G2 Gatorade Fruit Punch. It was awful. And oh, we got to sleep at around 2.30... ...so I was out for like 24 hours... Only slept for about 3 hours until we woke up at 5.30 the next morning Pacific Time. To get our cab voucher, go back to the main hotel where we finally had a room because the hotel people were going to be in deep trouble if we didn't have a room that was definitely reserved. And um, so yeah, the hotel went off without a hitch the rest of the time. And we went and saw Nintendo. We had got free breakfasts for the rest of the time. They had the best breakfasts at that hotel. Oh my goodness, they had, you know, it was a buffet, but I I had, you know, breakfasts of like pancakes and eggs and cereal and pastries like donuts and whatnot and orange juice and bacon, lots and lots of bacon. It was a great trip and I had a lot of fun at E3. It was an amazing experience, but it could not have started worse. From not being able to eat and drink much besides Gatorade G2 Fruit Punch and not being in our intended hotel and all that. So it's a long story, but now you know what happened to me my first night at the Electronic Entertainment Expo in Los Angeles.